Welcome to the Brew Crew Review Podcast, the show by fans or fans of your Milwaukee Brewers. All right, welcome to the Brew Crew Review Podcast. Um, today we've got Vince, Scott, and yours truly, Craig, joining you to um, recap the Milwaukee Brewers. 2022 baseball seasons up to this point um how are you fellas doing tonight doing great craig hey scotty hey chad <laughs> i'm doing great as well um chad's not here today he's uh celebrating uh the tying of phil garner's managerial win record so it's a big deal you know so he's out celebrating yeah. Scrap iron. Uh, be... Tell us about this curse of uh, scrap iron that you heard about this week, Vince. Or that you started? Well, I mean, we, we've been looking at Craig Council's attempt to tie uh, Phil Garner's uh, all-time managerial win total uh, for the past, uh, you know, like eight days or, <laughs> or something. And, you know, each day I got excited. We posted on our social, it's got the interns posted on our social media and, uh, you know, started talking about when would Craig break or tie the record? When would Craig break the record? And, um, you know, honestly, we were pretty off in our projections thinking it was going to happen like a week ago, <laughs> but with a losing streak, I feel like there may have been a curse from the old scrap iron himself. who Scotty had breakfast with in Minnesota. I know one time and, um, he may have cursed Craig Council from being able to, to exceed his franchise mark. So fortunately today, that curse seemed to have been at least partially lifted when Craig Council was able to tie the all-time managerial win total for a Milwaukee Brewers manager today, which is pretty exciting. Congratulations to Milwaukee's own or Whitefish Bay's own Craig Council for tying that record. And I think that – I. I guess I'm going to go out on a limb here. I, I'm pretty confident he's going to break that record at some point in his Brewer tenure as manager, hoping it's still this season. Um, so, yeah, no, that's that's going to be a great accomplishment. And uh, I did have tickets for last week, two days game, and I was hoping he'd tie it then. But he did tie it this Sunday in Washington. So uh, congratulations, Craig Council. Definitely um, one you know, I, I guess it still goes, I still think he's going underappreciated as a manager across MLB. I really think he's one of the top handful of managers in all of baseball and the, and the Brewers are very lucky to have him as their manager. And I think he's going to still be here for a long time. Well, he's a zero time manager of the year. So that's a little <laughs> disappointing, but he has right, been a he... finalist like several times now. I mean, I definitely feel like he should have beaten Bryce Snitker a few years back. And who beat him last year? Mike Schultz, who ended up getting fired anyways from the Cardinals. I, yeah, I mean, well, didn't, Craig, Cap- Craig didn't take it. Kapler get it last year? I thought. Was it Kapler? Okay, didn't okay. So Kapler's yeah. wanted ahead of him. Schultz has wanted ahead of him, and Dave Roberts has wanted ahead of him, and Bryce Snitker has wanted ahead of him all in Brewers playoff seasons. Then correct? Yeah, you got sounds about right. Which, which uh, you know, I get it that those guys had some good years and all, but I, Craig Council has done 
to me, a miraculous job about bringing a, a franchise that, you know, again, is in the smallest market in Major League Baseball and making them playoff contenders every year. And, um, you know, people forget, I know you guys don't, but other people forget that he was hired by Doug Melvin in the previous regime and David Stearns has just kept him on all these years. And um, to me, that's pretty, pretty amazing how he's been able to mesh with the guy that replaced the guy that hired him. I, I don't know of another example in major league baseball um, history, and there may be one, but I, I just don't know off the top of my head that um, of a manager who was hired by a previous regime, who was able to not only stick around for a while, but to thrive and to stick around for as many years then as great council is. Absolutely. And I really feel that if he's able to write the ship from where we're at this season and run the table with the Milwaukee Brewers, I think that this could be his year. In fact, I predict that before the season started, but um, he's, he's got some work to do here um, to, to use his great managerial skills to get this team into the playoffs, deep to the playoffs, and hopefully, hopefully at least the World Series. But um, there's some work to do with this roster um as we all are kind of aware going forward i guess we'll go ahead and point out the elephant in the room the brewers did unfortunately just endure an eight game losing streak that finally ended today on sunday june 12th with a win over the washington nationals finally and um but yeah it was a rough patch uh, we got swept at home by the phillies lost the first two games uh against Nationals week. So we ended up going one and five on the week. And I know none of us predicted that for, and I, I think I picked us to go four and two or something. So I was way off. And um, yeah, unfortunately the Brewers are no longer in first place in the NL central as of today. Um, but they're right there with the Cardinals. And uh, I think we just have to write the ship going forward. Um, let's talk about a little bit, Injury news. Uh, first of all, I guess Luis Urias today pulled up lame with a, a tight hamstring or something. I think he had to get uh, out of the game. So a little bit concerned with that injury going forward. Um, did you guys have any more infor- information on that? Uh, it sounds like, again, one of those day-to-day things, but it seems like all these day-to-day injuries that we find out on Sunday end up being IL stints, and hopefully that's not the case here. But uh, he had just come yeah. from injury, so I, I, I feel like we really need his bat back in the lineup. Um, I'm here in Washington, D.C., where the Brewers just left, and um, for some reason our press passes didn't work. But, Scott, I know that you talked to our anonymous source, Tom Carter. What did you find out about Urias? Um, Tom said he won't know more until tomorrow, unfortunately, but we, I just didn't want to hold off taping. Um so he said all he could really do is give his best guess right now. And uh, he thinks that Urias will be back sometime later this week and that an IL stint is not necessary, which is probably good because we already have Colton Wong out on the infield. So, um, yeah, it's starting to pile up a little bit, huh? Yeah. You were, and you said that that was uh, Tom Carter? Oh, Oh no! Wow, I forgot. I was supposed to say T. Carter, I think, or Tom C., but not Tom Carter, because he wanted no. to be anonymous. I guess he hasn't really uh, given me any information yet about it, though. So I guess it's fine. That's right. I'm sure, he won't be mad like he is every other week. 
Yeah, it happens to the best of them. But yeah, as you point <laughs> out, Scott called Wong over the um, over the weekend did actually get placed on injured list, uh, so he'll be out for at least ten days. And um, also, as the injuries are really starting to pile up, obviously with Peralta being out probably till August, and now uh, Brandon Woodruff. There's some speculation that he can miss some more significant time. Um, I don't know. What What are your guys' thoughts on Woodruff and how important it is if he were to be lost to this team for a significant period of time? I mean, that seems pretty important, right? Um, he was certainly in the top couple of pitchers in our rotation. I think that, you know, he got off to a little bit of a slow start, but still I, I think that Woodruff is a key component for – our pitching staff. Um, my concern is that it's something that the trainer doesn't necessarily deal with a ton. It's, it's thoracic outlet syndrome um, or surgery that would be required potentially to correct Raynaud's syndrome. And, you know, Raynaud's, I don't know how familiar you guys are with it, but Raynaud's is something that really affects the ability to grip the ball in your fingertips. And, um, it's weird. The symptoms are like the, the handle turned blue. It's, it's almost like you have a blood clot, but you have no feeling, you have no, you have no um, grip. Um, so it could really affect a pitcher quite a bit. And I'm kind of curious to see what happens um, here in the next few weeks. But I, I do think that, you know, as Woodruff was placed on the DL with an ankle thing and this suddenly came up, it, it, it certainly merits paying a lot closer attention to. And I, I, I don't want to be a pessimist, but I do think that this is going to cost Woodruff some significant time this year. And um, as you guys know, we're, we've already lost Peralta for a, a, you know at least a month or two of the year. I don't think he's expected back until August. So this would be two of the three, you know, really big key cogs to our rotation at the beginning of the year, missing good chunks of the year. So uh, that is, yeah, it's, it's very concerning. Yeah, I think the problem is when. When you have even two injuries, but it turns out that they were both in the top 10 of Cy Young voting last year. Um, it's, it's amazing how quick your greatest strength can turn into a weakness. And that's all it takes, two injuries. Wow. Yeah, and that was one thing that we were blessed with last year. It's pretty pretty good health. Not only did all of our you know, starters break out with great their their best personal seasons ever, including Burns win the Cy Young. I think that they we really were lucky to have those guys healthy for the bulk of the the season. But um, so I mean, I'm just hopeful at this point that those guys, oh, those top three can at least get all back on the mound in the same rotation by late August or whatnot. Uh, at this point. Um, so that we can finish the season up strong and, and hopefully head in the potential postseason healthy. I mean, that, that's basically just my wish at this point. I do have fears that, that that could be problematic at this point, but I guess so we've got to hope for the wet best. But until then, we really have some holes to fill in with some, you know, tough parts of the schedule to weather and still try to, you know, come out as division winners. Um and it'll be a tough battle. Um, a couple of guys have stepped up. Um, obviously, one of our rookie call-ups, Jason Alexander, has now pitched three starts. Um, I don't think he's pitched particularly great in uh, in the starts, but 
he has not given up more than three runs in any of his three starts to the Brewers. He still does not have his first major league win, but they did come up, come, the team came away with a win in the start today. And uh, I, I think he's throwing some valuable innings for us. Um, but outside of him, I mean, you know, Ashby, I think is great things are expected of him, but he still has a little bit of ups and downs and, Scott, you made a, a kind of an observation as uh, we were watching the Brewer game and observing it or whatever that um, teams are maybe starting to figure him out a little bit. And I think what you had said, what what what, what was it that they're waiting on is off speed stuff and just uh, thinking it the other way. Pretty much. I mean, it sure seems like a lot of the a lot of the off speed pitches that they're um, that they're seeing, they're just serving the other way into the outfield and just you know not even hard hit balls necessarily, but just uh, that's all you got to do. They're still able to, you know, make contact and get on base. And then unfortunately, yeah, it tends to go downhill from there. What can you do? Who, who, which one of you guys would have expected that uh, a guy named Jason Alexander was going to be throwing meaningful innings for the Brewers on June 12th this year? Well, if we would have thought that, that we probably would have thought things weren't going well, and I guess that's unfortunately where we're at. <laughs> um, yeah, the fact, that, the fact that we can at least get something, and hopefully you can keep it up, but again, even in today's game, I think he, he had up seven hits and three walks in less than five innings, so uh, he's laying plenty of traffic, and uh, and so that that that's only a matter of time before that, you know, he start the runs are going to start piling up on the guys. So, I mean, hopefully, I guess he can kind of just keep plugging that hole in the dam until we can get our guys healthy or whatnot. Um, but we could see Ethan small return to the major leagues soon too. Um, so we'll, we'll see. Um, but I almost like I, I, we mentioned our last podcast, I think the Brewers have to start being on the lookout for more starting pitching depth to, so that we can weather this portion of the season um, because relying on Greg, like Ethan small. Greg, do you think, go ahead, Greg, do you think it's a, we didn't get Dallas Keuchel? Um, In fact, I think he signed with the diamondbacks, didn't he this week? Yeah, I know. That's what I mean. Do you think it was a mistake that we did not pick him up while he was a free agent? I don't know if I called a mistake. I guess it could have been a slight missed opportunity, but I mean, you know, like uh, he definitely was not he was showing that he was getting hit pretty, pretty well this year. So um, for a team like the Diamondbacks, who probably don't have the same expectations of the Brewers this year, um, saying him probably is more of a no brainer, but I mean, um, someone, I, I think, you know, like I said, as much as you guys joke around about it, I almost would prefer Brett Anderson over him at this point. Uh, if, if you were to be able to get signed and up to speed or something like that, but, <laughs> but, I, but, I, but I mean, so, so I guess maybe that tells you where I think Dallas Keuchel is at with that being said, he is a veteran arm. And initially I thought that he could give more of a veteran quality innings uh, than a rookie like Jason Alexander. But so far I've been proven wrong on that, on that up to this point. Um, so I guess because of that, I, I don't know if I'd necessarily call it a mistake, but, um, but yeah, I wish him well, you know, hopefully he can ride the ship with the D backs, but, um, hey, it's Craig. Did you, did you know the, the random, uh, trivia of the day is that Brett Anderson's father is the pitching coach for Tennessee. 
University of Tennessee. Okay, cool. Yeah, just want to let you know. All right, another subject we're going to get to. Um, there's been some talk with Brewer fans for quite some time now and some frustration over, obviously, Christian Yelich not being the Christian Yelich that we all know and love of his first couple of years as a Brewer, you know, throwing up MVP numbers and all that. Um, he's had a little bit of a rough patch here, and he just is not showing especially the same power that he once did um, or batting average. So um, there's been some talk that, you know, Craig Council had left him in that three-hole in the lineup for all this time. There was some talk that he should either get moved down or move somewhere else. And ultimately, here in the past week or so, Craig did just that. And he looks like he's inserted him to the leadoff role. Um, just wondering what your guys' thoughts on that. Maybe, Scott, what, what are your thoughts about that move? If you disagree with it, disagree with it. And if, if you do disagree, what, where would you put him in the lineup if you're a manager of the Milwaukee Brewers? Um. I think leadoff is fine. I also would be fine if he was, you know, seventh or even ninth in the order at this point. But um, I don't know. I mean, we're talking about a guy who was hired to be the face of our franchise. We're paying him $26 million this year. We're paying him for the next 20 years. And um, I, and right now the contract looks so bad that we couldn't get out of it if we wanted to. But having said that, Uh, you know, he he's showing signs of coming around. Actually, he's one of the few people that actually had a good week. I mean, we could give a shout out to, uh, let's see, probably him, McCutcheon, um, Nervaez, and Caratini. Those are pretty much our own, like the only guys that really actually had a, a good week, I suppose. Um, Nervaez is a good uh, week because he, he survived COVID. I mean, he came back. So that was yeah. Yeah, yeah, that was a huge win. <laughs> but, um, no, I mean, Yelich has shown patience at the plate, which is good. Speed at the top of the order is never a bad thing. Um, so, in theory, it makes sense. But if he can't get on base at a 350 clip, then I bump him down to seven or eight. Or I, I might even put him nine just to turn the lineup over and have more, <laughs> like, if he does get on base. I shouldn't have said it that way. When he, he gets, so when he does get on base, you have the top of the order and your air quotes run producers are up. So, um, so that's kind of nice, but um, no, I don't know. I mean, same old story with him other than that, you know, I mean, he's still not heading for power. I, I don't know if he ever will again. <laughs> it's, I don't know. No, I, I mean, yeah, I, I think, I think Scott, you hit a lot of points on the head. Um, you know, Yelich had a great week or a good week, I should say. He had a good week, and uh, for that, I'm happy and excited. And I will also say though that if you would have told me three years ago that we would be excited because Christian Yelich hit 270 for the week, and that was the best thing he's done in a long time. Um, I'd be pretty disappointed. So I, you know, I, I want to root for Christian Yelich. I want him to succeed. I think, you know, we're, we're all fans of his. I just, you know, I don't want to overplay what's happened to him. And I think that moving up to lead off, I'm, I'm fine with council experimenting, you know, at this point and saying, 
you know, we we're we're locked in the Christians contract at this point, unless we can find a, a, a team to trade with. And that's unlikely. So I think that we're kind of just locked in. I, and if Craig wants to experiment and see if batting him up at the, you know, at lead off or, or at the two spot or moving him down in the order later would, would be helpful, then great. Um, maybe he'd be the best hitter, nine hitter in baseball. So there's, there is that. Yeah. yeah the only problem is that we're paying, we're paying him like, an all-star number four hitter didn't clean up in a, you know, postseason lineup. Yeah. You guys all make some really great points. Um, I do like the fact that he, I guess the only decision I would have disagreed, like what I'm like leaving him where he was in the three hole. I, I think just, he just needed to be somewhere else. If that makes any sense. I mean, just to try something different with him. And whether or not that motivates him more um, or not, or I mean, I think it, it could have had the opposite effect if he moved him like down in the order where it's like a mental thing where I think it could have made him like, you know, basically, you know, affect him more mentally and lose more confidence. So I think moving up in the leadoff spot does a couple of things. Well, for one, it's just going to, by default get him more at bats whether or not that i think that's a good thing um hopefully he can he can do well with those at bats but also shows him that he is not totally losing confidence in him by taking him out of the three hole or even the middle of the lineup anywhere and, and moving on the top of the order because i think if like scott pointed out also is that he does have a, a good idea of the strike zone he knows how to get on base i feel like he will get on base more than a 350 flip here going forward as a leadoff here i really believe he does he's got speed which you like in your leadoff hitter um, and he's a good base runner. Uh, I mean, I, I really, if you just step back and think about it, he, he does with his current profile of being, you know, less power than a middle of order header should have, in my opinion, or showing less power at this time, at least I think hitting him lead off makes a lot of sense. Cause I think that if you really look at him, um, not in the microscope of like the player that he used to be, just like what his skill set is now, I, I think that hitting him in the leadoff spot really makes sense, and he profiles as a good leadoff hitter. So, I think it's a good, a really good move, and I agree with it. I kind of hope that he sticks with it uh, and leaves him there for a while, unless, of course, he's showing that he's not able to handle it and he doesn't like is somehow, you know, on base percentage and bang average completely tanked. Then obviously you'd have to move him somewhere lower. And at that point, I think it's just you have to do what's best for the team and where he hits in the lineup just wherever Craig decides to hit him is, is fine by me. I mean, I mean, but yeah. So I, I think again, a smart decision and the timing of it, I think was fine too. And I, I think that he'll benefit from it and the Brewers will ultimately benefit from it too. Um, so we shall see. Well, Craig, and you, you, you may have just said it, but he, you know, the, he does have a good eye. He can take walks still. Uh, I'm not, I'm not trying to poo poo on Christian Yelich. I just think, you know, again, it's more just, sort of viewing where he was at compared to where he is at as far as my disappointment. But um, I do think he does draw walks uh, in a, in a, you know, in a pretty regular way. I think that's a really, you know, positive thing about him still. So he's got good plate discipline. I, I, so I think that there is that, uh, so maybe, you know, batting him in the layoff spot will help him a little bit. It's yeah. always hard to do this podcast when like, when things aren't necessarily going very well, because on one hand, like we are all Brewer fans, just like everybody listening. Um, but we also don't really want to sugarcoat it. 
And so it makes it tough because you have to like find the silver lining in just about everything right now. Um, and, and it's a little bit tough, but specifically with Yelich, I think what would really help him out is, well, number one, if he was more of a prolific ba base dealer, I would love a guy like McCutcheon batting right behind him because McCutcheon takes a lot of pitches, which would give him a lot of good opportunities to steal. However, Yelich is fast, but he's not exactly a prolific base dealer. So um, he's not bad. He's just like, he's basically right on the cusp of helping and hurting. He's kind of right there. Like, but like basically like how often he gets caught. So um, it would be nice if he was a little bit better at that. But the biggest thing that I would like to see is um, if we could actually just get somebody on base in front of him, to me, that's what Christian Ellis needs more than anything, because um, he's constantly pulling the ball and hitting it on the ground. Right. And so if we have a guy on first, and especially if that guy is being held on base, that opens up that hole between first and second that much more. And it really plays to Yelich's strength, especially the way he's hitting right now. So if, if somebody else could get, you know, on base at a 350, 400 clip ahead of him, all of a sudden Yelich starts hitting better than maybe the guy behind him. Like kind of, you know, once again, how the cards. So how's the baseball cards? What are we going to do? <laughs> Yeah. I mean, I think you guys make some great points. Um, and now it's like, well, did I think that the, he's kind of moved Rowdy Tlaz in the three hole uh, for a lot of the last lineup. So that kind of makes sense. If you go lefty, righty, lefty, then to, with Adamus hitting second. Uh, but then after that, <laughs> I mean, we don't really have a true cleanup hitter then if you tell it Tlaz is hitting third, I mean, Urias, I guess, was being placed there, McCutcheon, or possibly even Navarez, uh, Narvaez. But uh, yeah, it's, it seems like maybe that's where our, our big trade acquisition will hit, <laughs> right in the four hole. I mean, right, right in the, <laughs> like, because I mean, that's really what we need um, for this lineup and, and then some. So it'll, it'll be interesting. Craig, we've been saying that though for like five years, man. I mean, oh, man. I, yeah, I don't want to get my hopes up because every year at the trade deadline, we go through the same routine. I hope I'm wrong, but, you know, last year we thought we needed a big bat. We got Eduardo Escobar, and he was fine. He was fine, but he wasn't like no, he was not the a big, big, big No, he was, a, he was a good bat. He was solid. I liked Eduardo. I like him. I, I still do, but yeah. he, wasn't, he wasn't like the end-all, be-all what we needed for that team, and I think, I think he was a good addition but he wasn't the addition, you know, and that was, that's the difference. And I think, um, I don't know. I just don't want to get my hopes up again this year. John Curtis, Daniel North, and Eduardo Escobar. That was our take last year at the deadline. Terrible, really. A couple I mean, years Jonathan Scope. I mean, let's go through our, our deadline history and every year you're disappointed. And, and I think all of us are to a certain extent. I thought I just don't want to get my hopes up. Yeah. I don't even know at this point if, if and when the Brewers know when, like how long Woodruff, if, if, for example, if this issue persists and they think, Hey, you know what? Hate to say it, but we're going to have to do surgery. No Woodruff 2022. If they come to that conclusion, I almost think that we need an arm even more than we need a bat. <laughs> so. Well, we can right. get one. We can get more than one thing, Scott. <laughs> But yeah, can we? We can't even get one last year, <laughs> right? So do we? Do that's that's true. Um, and so do we call up Ethan Small at that point and call him the one, or 
is Ethan Small going to be used to go and acquire another pitcher who is probably under team control for far less time? Yeah, it'll be. I mean, which which pitcher is going to be on the market that can make a difference, and which hitters are going to be on the market that can make a difference? I guess is my question. Yeah, and I think we'll have plenty of time to talk about that in our future episodes. As we got, we've got about six weeks or so until the training deadline. Six or seven weeks, I think, until the training deadline. So there'll be plenty to discuss. And, and also the teams, I think, in the next four weeks or so will kind of sort themselves out on who are contenders and who are not. Because with the six uh, playoff teams in each each league, I mean, there are going to be some fringe teams that are probably going to want to hold on and not sell longer than in previous seasons. And that that's kind of the point of the whole expanded playoffs. So with that being said, there'll probably be less sellers, um, so to speak. But um, I, I think that the, the Brewers will definitely stay buyers. And, I mean, even if Woodruff is down by injury, if you look at, you know, the Braves losing at Acuna last year, and they still went out and acquired, like, three outfielders that were instrumental in them making it all the way to winning the World Series. I mean, I, I really think the Brewers have to keep their the pedal to the metal, so to speak, uh, given whatever – whatever is going to coming to us this season. We have to stay in it this season. I think that we will be making some moves to help out the ball club for this year and hopefully for beyond. But um, yeah, so this, this next week coming up is going to be a pretty tricky one. So hopefully the Brewers are right. They're ship now. They, they've ended that the losing streak uh, coming up this week. We've got off day on, uh, on Monday and then uh, three games set at the New York Mets all three night games, Tuesday through Thursday. And then uh, next weekend we go to Cincinnati. So it is a six game road trip in. Uh, so what, I don't know. What are your guys predictions for this week for the six game set all on the road before we come back home for homestead, uh, seven game homestead next week, the Cardinals and the, and the blue Jays a week after that. But um, yeah, Mets and Reds on the road this year. Obviously the one thing I guess I'll say about the Reds is I really don't feel like they're as bad of a team as they were during the first month of the season um, and the Mets on the other hand are probably not as good of a team as they were the first month of the season, but um, yeah, it should be an interesting week for sure. Four and two. Oh yeah, definitely. Or the whole rest of the season should be fun. Hopefully very interesting. No, 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 I mean, four, four and two, four and two is my, my prediction. I'm going to oh, say. Four and two. Oh, okay. Yeah. Four and two, four and two. Yeah. I think, right, yeah, I nice. think, uh, yeah, let's, let's be optimistic, right? Let's take two or three from Cincinnati. Yeah, no, four and two overall, yeah. Two and three from the Mets, too. Scott? Yeah. Um, well, I think that the Mets are a little bit more nervous now than they were um, even just a few weeks ago. Uh, the Braves, obviously, they just rattled off. I don't know, what was it, 10, 11 in a row, something like that. If, you're, if you shift from looking at the um, winning the division to uh, having the Brewers make a wild card, uh, you can't really be happy that the Braves, uh, let's see, they made up eight games on us in 10 days. That's rough. So, um, I don't know. Having said that, um, I just think right now we're still a little bit too hurt and um, I, I don't know. I mean, even, even today's win, we scored four runs. Awesome. You know? And like, that seems like a bounty right now. So I, I don't know. I think we're going to score five runs against the Mets 
in that entire series. I think we'll score 25 runs against the Reds in that series. <laughs> and, and we'll go two and right. four. You might, you might be right. <laughs> might be very right. Christian Yelich will hit another cycle, too. Why not? Awesome. Against the Mets, though. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I'm going to go three and three on the week, hoping for better, but I have a mess at this point in the season, but I, I guess going three and three at this point is kind of against these teams, but, um, I really hope the, the following week we have any better week though, against of Cardinals and Blue Jays. But I mean, yeah, I, I think three and three this week and, you know, hopefully, Again, I guess we're just going to live and die with our starting pitching, and I expect some good outings coming forthcoming soon from Corbin Burns and Eric Lauer, um, maybe even near Ashby. So, yeah, I'm hoping for a decent week. Uh, I still have immense faith in the back end of our bullpen. and If we can just uh, score a couple of runs, hold the other team down, and uh, have the bullpen lock her down toward the end of the game, I guess that's what our formula for the first couple of months of the season, and hopefully we get back right back at that. That's sort of the idea. Yep. Yep. So, all right. Well, thanks for tuning in, Brewer fans, um, to another episode of the Brewer Review. And um, yeah, have a great week. And we'll hope this. Uh, don't, don't forget to give us a follow quick at uh, Brewer Review One on Twitter and uh, send any of your questions to Scott at Brewer Review Podcast with an S at gmail.com. And Scott, do you have any sponsors you want to thank tonight? Uh, Benos, absolutely. I don't know. Are they still a thing? Benos in West Alaska is closing right across from our old studio. Um, it was really second home to me. And uh, I feel really bad that it's no longer going to be a thing. So, I feel like it was the first home, actually, for at least a few weeks at one point. Yeah, no, that's probably true. I don't know. It's so, so yeah, just in case you wanted to, you know, end this podcast on another sour note, that would be it. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, stay classy, West Dallas, and go Brewers. Go Brewers, guys. Let's have a better week this week. Do, 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 do.